No, I mean, as always, you know, we're, we're on the same page. And I, I was personally shocked by that as well. I mean, you know, you're talking, you know, right now, Robert Morris this year, as a, on a max side, will give out 85 scholarships, you know, worth $1.1 million. Right. So for a small private school, you know, based in the Chicago area, you know, that is comparable to, you know, a, uh, you know, a decent size, you know, athletic party. It may not be like the football team, but, right. you know, it could be, you know, it the men's baseball team or for a smaller college like that. So I think to your point, you know, the, the, the numbers are significant. I mean, you're talking some go up to $20,000. I think the average overall, if you kind of can put in between full tuition and room and board, you know, it comes out to about, you know, over $10,000. So, you know, college is very, very expensive nowadays. And, you know, outside of, you know, the camaraderie that we talked about, you know, it's a significant contribution that they're making. I think, you know, as we all see across the space and you and I talk about what you're seeing, you know, the pro sports side and, you know, down the line is, you know, they're looking at this as, hey, we need to build this now as, you know, we want to establish this going forward. Yeah, definitely. And and then in the next section, you talk about the publishers that are getting involved, how they're getting involved. You mentioned about uh, saying in the past that you wanted right to double down on uh, on university stuff. And it looks like they have. Right. I mean, obviously, with the ULO rivalries, they're setting up legitimate or trying to set up legitimate collegiate competitions. Um, A lot of the people we're seeing at the scouting grounds, the combine that's going on right now are representatives from collegiate teams, which I think is just such a cool traditional sports moment for this scene right now. um, but one thing that I've noticed is that a lot of times we, we sometimes get caught up in, in oversimplifying things into uh, sometimes like the three big developers, right? Valve Riot and Activision Blizzard. Uh, uh, and and I think that if you're only looking at those three, this is a place where Valve really has a misstep. Of those three, they are clearly by far the least interested in investing in some sort of a collegiate infrastructure. It really does seem like Activision Blizzard through their TESPA initiative or Riot get through the Asulo rivalries, what they're doing on the college side, are pretty far ahead of other people at the moment. Do you generally agree with that? And are there any publishers outside of those three that you think are commendable right now? No, I mean, I think, you know, you, you nailed it again. I mean, what Riot's done, I mean, is with you and what they're going to do forward, I mean, they have a huge commitment, you know, the collegiate space, think something like over like, you know, outside of the scholarships or 15 schools we talked about, think about like the 300 clubs actually, you know, across the collegiate space actually participate um, in some sort of league system as well. So it's, it's absolutely massive. And I think obviously with Blizzard and their acquisition on their side and what they're going to do going forward, you know, they've made that big investment. So the question is, why hasn't Valve stepped into the space more deeply? And I guess, you know, the question is, that's just, I think, the way Valve works in general. Yeah. You know, it's, they kind of, they, they do their own thing. It's like, hey, you want to put on a Counter-Strike tournament in Tanzania? Go ahead. You guys can go <laughs> ahead and do that, you know? But, you know, right. Riot's where, uh, you know, hey, you want to use our logo, you're going to need to get, you know, send in your DNA, get something signed in triplicate. So they're the exact opposite side of that. So. So why not? I, I, I would just call it just, just maybe it's the Dow's uh, DNA, but, you know, they are missing out on, on a big opportunity, I think. Oh, I completely agree with that. Uh, I really do. Uh, we're talking here with Manny Anacol, of course. Uh, you can find him on Twitter, at Manny Anacol. We're talking about his most recent article that he put up on his TNL.media site. It's called the 2017 Collegiate Esports Report. I, I, I thought that there was one part of this that was super funny to me, and, and it's in your section about coaching, because you, you talk about here and you have a line that says, if a local tennis or golf pro can have clients, esports can't for the next decade. And this is hilarious to me because 
because I remember my first encounter with like a local gaming god. I'm not talking about, you know, a true esports pro, but the guy who like dominated the local circuit was at my local land cafe. And I went in there and they had this deal where they give you free uh, gaming time for a year if you could beat him at Starcraft. And so like immediately when I read this, like I thought of these like land cafes popping up across the world run by like has been esports pros or wannabe esports pros that are making a living scraping by by helping people get better at video games it made me chuckle but like that might not be too far off we're probably gonna have a need for at least some people providing coaching once this thing gets big enough right as a matter of fact it's not that we're we're far off it's already here like Mm -hmm. and i'll I'll give you two examples that by the way that's, that's a great story and you know, I think you know, I, I that's what I love, and I see you know, you see that sort of traditional sports crossover with that tennis golf pro, and just the example that you use. So I'll give you two company examples. There's one company right now, Dojo Madness, so they have um, a mobile app that actually you know essentially watches or analyzes your role play and gives you feedback and tips, tells you what you know, essentially items to buy, characters to pick, heroes to pick. It essentially gives you the advantage of that it does it automatically because it gets the feedback. But what I think is really cool is a company called Extola, and what they allow you to do is, now anyone could be a coach, right? So you right. You, know, you, had this, you had this guy that you saw that obviously it was great in your local area, but what if there was this amazing StarCraft person in South Korea that you could have you know, fought, or fought against or got some coaching tips from? So you could do that now. Like that, I think, is like really interesting, you know, is that you know, now, again, as esports is being truly global and, and technology starts taking off, is, you know, anyone, hey, instead of, you know, lawnmower money, because that's going to be done by robots, and, uh, you know, babysitting is going to be done by robots, you know, maybe, you know, teenagers are going to turn into, um, you know, League of Legends coaches as, as their summer uh, summer job, you know, five years yeah. But Matt Manny, you're you're ruining the dream I have though of wandering into a cafe at some point and seeing the equivalent of the the golf guy with the battered clubs and like a half tucked in shirt and rambling about how he beat Jack Nicholas once in the summer of '68 when they were out shooting together. Like I, you're, I need that in esports. I need the equivalent to that in esports at some point. Uh, I so I, I I hope this is the path for it. Uh, you know what? All right, you're still, still going to get that. I'll tell you why because. It's going to be the fighting game scene. You're going to see that those kids think of dragging around those old, you know, 16-bit, you know, controller things with those CRTVs in a grocery cart. I love that scene. That's so grassroots. I think those guys will always see that. There's going to be that, like, 65-year-old gray-haired guru in the corner who's just watching the kids come in and goes, you don't know what I know. Um, <laughs> I, I can't wait for it. All right, so uh, we're talking here with Manny Onikal, of course, and uh, discussing his uh, newest articles on TNL.media. Uh, I, I, I have one last question for you, though. Um, what is next? And I know we've kind of talked about this before, but I don't realistically think we're at a place anymore where it's like, our college is going to take this seriously. Is this a thing for the future? No, it is a thing for the future. Developers are already investing in it. Colleges are already investing in it. So what's the next logical step? More things like the Pac-12 is doing with organized competition. Do we see NCAA try and get involved? Where does this grow from here? Yeah, that's a, that's a very good question. I mean, I think, you know, as, as I continually say in my, my writing, as you say on your show, is that, you know, again, you know, give it some time. Let's all have patience. Let's not screw it up. And everything will essentially will fall into place as just seeing traditional sports. So, mm-hmm. you know, more colleges are going to get involved. 
You're going to see a lot more brands come into this space. You're going to see a lot more arenas being built. I mean, the the UCI esports arena that that's sponsored at by iBuyPower. That's a, that's a beautiful space, completely dedicated just to esports um, and and their teams. I think you're going to see a lot more investment in the schools because again, you know, not only does it provide you know you know more more branding and marketing for the schools as well you're talking about increased admissions so when i talk to some of the ad's at the schools you know they have seen some of the programs I mean, again really robert morris is really the only one you could use a test case and they've done it for two years but you know when i spoke to kurt last year they you know he did tell me they saw you know, an increase in admissions i think that's another area that you're going to see but what's one thing that's really important and something that you know I, I need to look into deeper and that what you mentioned is the ncaa is you know, from a legal perspective, I think, you know, the question is, will the NCAA come in and sanction it? Now, on your Pax Love question, broadcast rights, all that going forward, I think that's going to continue to happen. Mm-hmm. But the question from, from sanctioning is, I believe, and don't quote in this because I need to look into this further, is that if, it, if a school sanctions a, let's say, an esports team official, as an official sport, I believe they have to remove another one. There's some rule with that. And then I think there's there's, there's the Title Nine one or, or whatever yeah. the the Nine Eleven, which is that if you have then like a male if you have a male esports team, you then need to have a female esports team equivalent. So I think those questions I think are going to need to be addressed at some point. And, but again, you know, give it some time. All that will get there. But you know, I think in the future is you know more schools are investing. I mean, you're talking one. You know, in 2014, you're talking what 15 as of November, and I guarantee you know. By the time mm-hmm. we're here next year, we'll probably we at least be more than double that. So you'll see I that continue across the board. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, no, M- Manning, I really appreciate your time as always. Um, thank you so much. It's kind of cool that, that we had you on today because actually next, our next guest is uh, Omar God, who's the number one draft pick currently at the scouting grounds, who's playing for uh, Stony Brook College's Lowell team. So I love the tie-in between all of this, and I can't wait to see his experience too. So uh, thanks for adding in yours, and uh, we'll definitely have to have you on again soon. Absolutely, brother. You have a great rest of your week.